This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Good morning. We all good? Oh, wait. Sorry, I'm not really good at parking this thing yet. We're good? We're good. There it is. Oop. Some of y'all thought I was going to fall. That'd be funny, huh? Maybe third service. Uh, and I know what you might be thinking. Yes, I am the youth pastor. That's... And yes, it is Elise. So we are, we are we're good to go on that one. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you are here. Um, if you guys do not, uh, we have had not a chance to meet yet. My name is Phil Johnson. As Pastor Nathan said, I have the honor of serving as the lead youth pastor here. My wife and I have been here eight years in September. We've been in youth ministry for 10 years. It's the best job we've ever had. We absolutely love it. And on that note, this past weekend, we had a bunch of your teenagers at Avalanche Winter Camp. And man, it was a life-changing weekend. We have a few pictures that will be popping up. Man, God moved in such an amazing way. And it was, a, it was a, such a way that parents, it's the type of prayers that are answered that parents have been praying for, grandparents have been praying for, like, I just want to see God move in my student's life. And, man, we saw God move in such amazing ways. There was physical healings taking place at the altar, and, and that's even with the parent confirmation after they went to the doctor on Monday, like, yes, this is healed, or yes, we have seen, like, the doctors are just shocked with what is happening. And we saw students that had been wrestling with depression and anxiety just tears of joy as they felt the peace of God in a way that they have only heard about. And it was such a, an amazing weekend. And I want to give a shout out to you guys as well because, and online, uh, for Kingdom Builders, because we were able to scholarship so many of the students that attended, and they had that opportunity because of Kingdom Builders to experience God in a real way. Can we give it up for KB and just the generosity? That's, man, I, I can't say thank you enough for that. Um, we are in week three of this series, Are We Okay? And I love this series. If you have not had a chance to go back and listen to Pastor Nate's messages on the first two weeks, week one we looked at insecurity. Am I okay? As Pastor Nate unpacked the text in Genesis with uh, Adam and Eve and just the insecurities we wrestle with. And then last week was a message you could tell was very near and dear to Pastor Nate's heart, the what you're looking for and just talking about when it, with love and looking at 1 Corinthians 13 and just what is love looking for? What are we looking for? And so today I have the honor, like I said, of carrying uh, just with week three on this uh, message. And so our title, if you're taking notes, is called Red Flags. Red Flags. Um, uh, if you don't have any notebooks, we also have the notes in the app. You can uh, download the app and follow along there as well. So and you're probably still thinking, like, do you just have this for show? Is this just like a youth pastor thing? Like, you just, you just wanted to make an entrance? No, this is actually a part of uh, the, the message here today because it has to do with something that if you go to Emmanuel, have gone to Emmanuel for a while, you've probably heard Pastor Nate reference uh, driving or, or people on the highway, right? Uh, just there's a slow lane, there's a fast lane. And something I know to be true about the parents and the guardians in the room, when you are teaching your student to drive, one of the questions they will ask is, how fast can I go? 
And, and the, you might just wonder, like, well, there's a speed limit. It's like, yeah, 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 but can I go five over? It's five. Now, some of you in this room, like, five over is the most rebellious thing you do all week. You're like, oh, please don't get caught, please don't get caught. And then some of you are like, five over, move over. Get, oh, like, get out of my way. And so it's one of those, everyone has a pre, and some of you are already calling each other out, okay? I'm, I'm glad I can't see everyone here online. If there's someone you need to tag, and they're like, why are you tagging me in this comment? It's like, they can go back and, and know, and then that's a different conversation. Uh, but all of us have a predisposed speed limit that we drive that we are convinced we will not get pulled over, right? There is someone who's like, well, actually, I know a guy. I know a guy. It's like, if you go like seven over, you're still good, like, right? Like, there's like a science to it for some people, like, well, like eight over, you're done. Seven, oh, seven, you can get away with seven, but maybe six. I'm like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, we're out here looking at that, but we have this predisposed, preconceived idea that if I go X amount, I won't get pulled over. I won't get caught. We choose a speed we are convinced allows us to go the fastest without getting pulled over. And in most cases, no harm, no foul. But this is what I want to set up here today for our talk. And the point is our natural inclination as humans is to get as close to the line as possible. And it's, it's seen in youth ministry, we go, well, how far is too far? That question never really leaves us. As we get older, that question is just seen in different areas of our life. And you might be asking, well, what's the line? It's the line of, this is moral, or is it it's like moral-ish? It's ethical. Ethical-ish. Like, it's, a, it's my responsibility. I'm in control. I'm out of control, like it's we hover around this line and it's, it's we have this tendency to just be drawn to it. It's our human nature to snuggle up next to irresponsibility and stay there as long as we can without getting caught. It's human nature to, for us to get by with as much as we can without having to own the responsibilities of those decisions that were made. We miss the warning signs, and there's a lot of those moments, and there's some of us here today that if we'd be honest, we're, we've been caught up in the consequences and the ripple effects of those decisions of living too close to the line. And we've missed the red flags. What are red flags? Red flags are boundaries, they're guardrails, they are warning signs, they're the rumble strips right on the highway. It's letting you know you are going somewhere that you should not be going. You're heading off the path that you're supposed to be on. You're veering off. Your trajectory's off. And these are warning signs, and there's so many times in our life that we miss those. And then when that question comes, are we okay? Am I okay? That because of a lack of boundaries or that we've missed those, just no, I'm not. No, we're not. And in our text today, the Apostle Paul, he gives us some great um, just kind of guardrails to live with and boundaries, if you will, within his text. And um, I know there's a tension here in this room, like for me especially, is that when we look at some of these things, this topic of boundaries, there's that thought of going, well, I'm okay, right? We begin to play the comparison game. Well, next to this person, I'm doing good. Like, oh, compared to them, compared to what's going on over there, compared to what's happening there, I'm good, and we begin to compare our journey to someone else. And we, what we don't realize is because we're looking at someone else, we're getting dangerously close to the line. 
We're getting dangerously close to stepping over, missing one of those red flags. And so in our text today, the Apostle Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. And we're going to go 12 through 14. And then verse 18 through 20, and while you're turning there, one of the challenges I just want to give us here today, when it comes to this series and the things that are being shared, whether you go back and watch the messages from last week, the message this week, and and the messages to come, one of the things that we have to establish a baseline on, if we don't believe that God's best is for our best, if we do not believe that God's good is for our good, we will miss the warning signs. If you don't believe that the word of God is true, that it's like a lamp unto our feet, if we do not believe that, we will miss the red flags. And so as we dive into this, and throughout this week, and I just pray, and I believe that, like, God, what have, where have I gone off? Where have been those moments where I thought my best was better than your best? Where my good, I thought, was better than your good? That we need to begin to establish that, that God's best is what's best for us, that God's good is for our good, if we're going to begin to apply this and receive it. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And one of the questions I asked when I was like looking at this text here today, because is there must have been some crazy stuff going on that would require Paul to say, you know what, I'm going to sit down and write this letter in this way to that group. That there must have been some things going on at that level. Like, I can only imagine if social media would have been around during this time with the Church of Corinth. I'd be like, son, you can't look. Nope, don't, don't hashtag Corinth. Do not go down that road. I don't want you looking on that hashtag. I don't want you going on that trend. No, no, like we're not going there. And Paul is addressing this because there's this attitude in the church at this point going, well, if Jesus is good, if Jesus is full of grace, like then I can do whatever I want, Right? Like, it's kind of like, oh, it's with all due respect, I could say whatever I want. No, you can't. Like, that never has helped anybody. And Paul is seeing this in the church, and he's having to address this. And this is where we hop into our text in verse 12. This is Paul writing. He says, I have the right to do everything or anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for the food, and God will destroy them both. But the body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Skip ahead to verse 18. Paul writes, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So there's three questions that I want to look at that we can pull from what Paul is writing here. And, um, and I understand there's many people online and in this room that are in different spots in their journey. You might be a follower of Jesus. You might be a skeptic of Jesus. You might be single. You might be dating, married, divorced. But what I understand and believe to be true about this text is that wherever you find yourself, that these questions can begin to serve as healthy boundaries and red flag markers, if you will, for the decisions that you will ultimately have to make at one point in your life. No one can escape it. 
And so the first question we, we come to here from the Apostle Paul, he gives us in the form of verse 12, and the first question is this. Is this a smart decision? Some of you already know, you're like, man, I didn't make a smart decision this morning. So I am left with, I have to wrestle with this question every Wednesday night. I'm going to let you in on one of the stereotypes that is true about youth pastors, okay? So love Wednesday nights, best night of the week, youth ministry here at 7 o'clock. If your kid's not coming, we want 6th through 12th grade. We just have an awesome time. Like, God is good just seeing what he's been doing there. And so I'll start packing up. I'm usually heading home about 10, 10.30. I get on Highway 10, I'm heading home. And then I start to hear this ringing in my ear. Now, some of you are like, it's like a, like a literal, like, if that's your car, like, stop driving your son's car. Like, that's, that could be the battery. No. And it gets a little loud around Hanson, the exit for Hanson on Highway 10. And then I hear the ringing of that bell a lot clearer. And at 10.30 at night, some of you know where I'm going with this, the ringing of Taco Bell <laughs> is so, so real. Now, some of you, like my seasoned vets in the room, you're going like, listen, okay, we've moved on to Denny's at this point, all right? Like, that's, that's, your, that's your struggle late at night. For me, it's Taco Bell, because I'm like, man, it's going to fit the budget. I ain't going to get called out. For, I mean, $3 could feed me for two days. At Taco. I'm like, okay, I could be good there. I'm like, it's quick, tastes great. And if I would be honest, and I was to ask myself the same question, is this a smart decision? I, I might know the answer, but I'm like, man, I, I miss dinner. Like, and all the excuses start coming, right? And how many know that regret settles in real quick after that decision? And that's one, though, that as comical as that setup might be, there's ones that we have that we wrestle with on a daily basis that are a little bit more serious. Because what Paul is wrestle, or shares here in verse 12, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is good. Not everything is smart. And what he's alluding to is he understands that oftentimes what we give into becomes what we are mastered by. The temptations and the addictions we give into often become that which we are mastered by. This can be seen in some of just the pandemic when it comes to pornography and just the addiction on pornography. It's just, well, I'm just scrolling. I didn't look at it that long. I'm just, you know, it, it doesn't really affect me the way it affects others. It could be seen in the unhealthy work relationships or unhealthy relationships we have. It could be with unhealthy relationship expectations. This can be seen best during Christmas time. Now, I'm not coming at this style of movie. I'm just saying there's, there's something here. The single ladies start watching this, these Hallmark movies. <laughs> can I tell you, I have not met a Hallmark single dude like that. So there's this expectation like, I'm going to find that man the day before Christmas. It's going to be, I'm like... You are setting yourself up. <laughs> and these dudes are like, I don't even got a chance. I don't even got a chance. Like, this dude been preparing eight months for this role on this movie. Like, no, there ain't no chance. But whatever it might be, what we give into becomes what we are mastered by. And here's the truth that, that I've discovered. I've tried to fight in my own male pride. I've tried to, to make excuses about it. I am 100% responsible for every bad decision that I have made. I am 100% responsible for every time I stop at Taco Bell at 10.30 at night. 
Now, in a culture, though, this, the, the tables are, are, everything is set up to enable, it's like, yeah, but, felt man, you, you really preached well that night. Like, you deserve that. Like, let's take it up a notch. It's, yeah, but she was sending those signals, those text messages. But yeah, like, you, you deserve this. Like, you know the work week you've had, the stress you've had? Nobody deals with the stress that you have. Nobody has what you've had to walk through. No, you deserve this. And we begin to tell ourselves these excuses because nobody can sell you on something like you. And in a culture, it's so easy to find an excuse that removes responsibility. But if we're going to begin to look at this question, is this a smart decision? We have to go like, is there something I need to take responsibility for? Because here's what I've seen. There's two ways that we often learn things. There's two ways that we often learn our lessons. First one is wisdom. Hey, don't drive that fast. You could get pulled over. Cool. Second lesson, which a lot of us have had example or experiences with, the lesson of consequences. <laughs> The wisdom and consequences. Wisdom requires payment up front. Consequences requires double, triple, with lifetime interest at the back end of it. And it's one of those moments that as we're looking at this decision that whether it's funny or serious that we will all have to make, is this a smart decision? Is it smart for me to get this close to the line? Is it this smart for me to get this, like, oh my God, it's not really that bad. Is this the smart decision? decision. I love how it says in Proverbs 3, 21 through 24, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve, another version, to protect sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. I think we've all had those moments where a bad decision has kept us up. Where a lack of wisdom has caused us to lose peace. And what we see here is when we come to those moments, and every one of us in here will, is this a smart decision? Is this a smart decision? The second question the Apostle Paul gives us in the text, do I want this to be a part of my story? Do I want this to be a part of my story? Something I know to be true about us in this room and those of you online, there's probably a part of our story that we tend to skip when we're talking to friends. There's probably a few chapters that we're like, oh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do like a, a little cutout. We're just gonna edit that one out, just kind of leave that over there. This is best seen in like when couples start dating, right? They, everything's going good. I mean, even at that point, a game of Uno is like the best thing ever. Like, oh, I just love being with you. This is great. And then it gets to this, this part of the relationship. It goes, all right, how many people have you dated? <gasps> mm. <laughs> then it gets deeper. Who you been with? What you done? <laughs> and then you start to realize, like, oh, I'm actually not that proud of that part of my life. I actually forgot about that chapter. I actually forgot about that portion of my story. And what Paul is alluding to here is, man, do you want this to be a part of your story in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years? Is this the narrative that you want your kids to be telling their kids about your marriage? 
What, what, do you want this to be a part of your story? And see, Paul, he sees this. This is why in verse 18, he's pleading. He's saying, flee from sexual immorality. Why? Because he sees that there is a direct impact on the future generations that the people making these decisions are not aware of. And just so that we're all on the same page, uh, on a definition side of thing, what is sexual immorality? Sexual immorality, in simple terms, it's essentially the engagement in sexual acts outside of God's holy design. And that's why at the beginning we're saying that we need to believe that, okay, God, if your word is true, if what you say is good, it's what are those guidelines that you have already given? And we see the church in Corinth is living outside of that. And Paul saw that their decisions were not just impacting them, but it had an impact five years from them, ten years from them. And so verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. He's not going, hey, I just want you to just take a moment and just consider it. You know, just weigh the options. You know, look at it like, oh, what's my ROI on this decision? Like, what's, you know, is this good? Like, oh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be hard for a little bit, but, you know, I think it's going to be worth it. I think it'll be fine. But Paul is saying, like, no, flee. Don't even look back. Don't even consider. And some of those decisions are easier than others, but there are those that, if we are being honest, can be hard to really go, like, where is this? Have I thought about what this is going to look like in five years, in 10 years? If I continue to allow that work relationship where, oh, it's just, it's just playful banter. It's, just, it's, not, it's nothing serious. Oh, it's just like, it's just a, it's just a little shortcut. It's fine. Oh, I, I'm not affected if I watch this show or this movie. Or I'm not affected by looking at these images. And we begin to give in to some of that, but not in seeing what does this do for our story five to ten years down the road. Uh, the apostle Paul, even his disciple, his, uh, one of his, the students he was mentoring, Timothy, writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, he uh, writes, flee from youthful lust, but pursue, chase after, cling to righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You see, our private decisions never stay private. 2020 showed us many things. What we've seen is our private decisions become part of our public story. Our private decisions become part of our public story. And when you begin with some of the decisions that involve other people, is when our story becomes their story, it's their story to tell. And there are some of you that thought, like, man, like, this doesn't mean that much. This, this is here. But it's when we begin to involve other people. It's not just our story. And some of you have been, are in this room. Some of you watching online, you're in the wake. You're in some of the ripple effects of, like, someone else's story and how it's being told. And that's why we have to take that step back initially and go, do I want this a part of my story? My last question I have here today that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians it's one that I think we often miss. And the question is, does this honor my Savior? Does this honor my Savior? Is this smart? Do I want this a part of my story? And does this honor my Savior? If we don't believe that God's best is for our best, if we don't believe God's good is for our good, we're going to miss this. Because if we miss the red flags, it has an impact 
But we have to look at, does this honor our Savior? What, I, I love what Apostle Paul, he doesn't mince words. There's no gray area in a lot of the Apostle Paul's teachings. There's not a lot of gray area for him. In verse 20 it says, you are not your own, but you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Um, growing up, my, I'm the oldest of three boys. I have a phenomenal house. Love my mom and dad. Um, it was just, it was not a lot that I look back on and say, man, I had it tough. Uh, one thing that was a little tougher for us was uh, we grew up in a household that had a faith-based salary. And for those of you who are like, what's that mean? You're like, well, we'll pray and see what comes in type of deal. And, but my mom and dad did an amazing job of just creating an environment where like, it, we didn't notice that until we got older and wanted to start buying things, right? And we're like, well, we got to go get some jobs. And so my brothers and I, whenever we'd buy something, because we, we were always like, okay, we got to hold on to this. Like, we can't let anything happen to this because we're not getting bailed out by mom and dad. They're not going to buy us a new one. They're not going to replace it. Like, what we have is what we have. And that mentality and mindset has stayed true. Even now with uh, my brothers, we're 32, 30, and 29. And my brother Steve and I, we went, uh, we're getting him a new phone. And he got uh, the new iPhone. And what he's doing, though, is he bought it. And, you know, they're trying to sell him on just the, the, the cases and all that in the store. He goes, no, no. I'm like, dude, wh like, why are you panicking? Like, he's like, no, I'm going to Amazon. I'm going to Amazon. It's like, okay, okay, bro, let's go to Amazon. Let's go order. Let's go order. So, but we get home. And we hear his phone ring. I'm like, where, where is this phone at? And I look on the table, and there's a big old box. And the phone's still in the box. And he opens the box and takes the wrapper off. And he goes, hello? Oh, wrong number. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, dude, I just want to keep calling you the entire day, so you have to keep opening the box. And he's walking around with this box for two days. He walks into work, holding back, hey, guys, what's going on? So anytime he has to send a text, hang on. Cool. But there was an understanding he knew how much that cost. It could be seen in the actions and his decisions. He knew it reflected the price that was paid. And I wonder, as I was preparing for today, would our lifestyle, would our decisions, our actions, our private conversations, do they reflect the price that was paid for us? Do they reflect the price that was paid for the other person. Because we see Paul so clear in this that we are not our own. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 4, through 4 says this, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable to him who has paid the greatest price. Homework assignment this week, I would challenge you to go back and uh, read Philippians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul does an amazing job of capturing just really what the price Jesus paid for us. As you look in Philippians 2, it, it talks about how Jesus, at the very nature of God, did not see that as something to cling to or something as equals, but put on the skin of man that came to earth to live a sinless life, to, uh, to die a sinner's death on a cross. So when we look at the price that was paid, it doesn't matter what love language you say that you are. Jesus checks every box. And it's, we look at this and we have to ask ourselves, does this honor my Savior? Does this honor the price that was paid? Now as we get ready to close here today, um, 
There are those of you in the room online that would go like, hey, awesome, love these questions, um, I'm gonna apply them. But then there's another group, and you might actually be pretty angry with me right now. <laughs> and you might be going like, thanks, pastor. Thanks for reminding me of every red flag I've missed. Thanks for reminding me, yep, missed those. Where were those a few weeks ago? Like, Because now, now I'm left holding my concert. Now I, I'm left in the mess. I'm left in the chaos. There's guilt. There's shame. And what do I do with that? What do I do if I've missed the red flags? What do I do if I've missed the garbage? What, what do I do if I didn't have any boundaries? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because the Apostle Paul, he says something a couple verses earlier. In 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. This is what Paul writes. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterers, nor adulterous men, adulterous women, men who have sex with men, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, slanderers, swindlers. It's a long list. And oftentimes we stop at this list, right? Well, who, who is that person? Who's, who's struggling with that? Or does he really mean this? Cultural context? Like, what, where was he at when it but we miss verse 11. And my, my heart breaks because I think there's people in this room who have been hurt and feel overlooked because we haven't got to verse 11. That they're stuck in the guilt and shame of verse 10. But Paul, he goes on, he goes, and that is what some of you were. Past tense. He speaks to, this is what you were. Well, how, could, how, how was that that they were that? But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by the spirit of a God. I love the New Living Translation reads it this way. You were made right with God by calling on the name of Jesus. You see, there's this moment we get to that we get stuck in verse 10 where we've missed the red flags, we've missed the guardrails, we've missed the boundaries. But Paul is saying, you don't have to stay there because of what Jesus did, what is available to you now, what is offered to you now. God's good, God's best is still available now. And he's saying, if you would just call on the name of Jesus. Calling on the name of Jesus, it's, it can be hard because it's, it's saying, I wasn't right, God. My way wasn't good. It wasn't the best. I didn't think that through. I was wrong. This is on me. It isn't their fault. This is me. And it's calling and saying, Jesus, I need you. And what we know to be true about Jesus, time and time again, he is good to redeem he is good to reclaim, and he is so good to restore. And there are those of you here today that you might feel like you've missed all the red flags. Well, the good news you have today is that Jesus is right there. It takes a thousand steps to walk away from Jesus, but it only takes one to walk right back to him because you turn around, and the moment you walk back, you find that Jesus is waiting there with open arms the entire time. I love that. So 
So here's how we're going to close today. I'm going to have everyone stand up. Because this, this news today that the Apostle Paul gives us, it's good news. It's a reminder. Reminder of the guardrails we can begin to set up to make sure that we're staying on the road that God has for us. That we are people that are knowing Jesus, that we're growing in faith and continuing to discover and live this life of purpose that God has for us. But for those of us that we've veered off a little bit, it's also a great encouragement and reminder that Jesus is there. He can restore. He can redeem. And it just takes us coming back to him. Because every one of us has crossed a red flag at one point. Every one of us has crossed the line at one point, has gotten too close and been burned, have been hurt. But we're all here. And those of you here, we've experienced that grace firsthand. We talk a little differently about our faith when we've experienced grace and forgiveness firsthand. And so today, just the whole heart of it is, you might be in here and you might go, well, I'm not okay. Our marriage, we're not okay. The good news is you can. You can be okay. Not through a program, not through a seven-step program. It's by calling on the name of Jesus. By calling on the name of Jesus. So what we're going to do here to close, before I pass back over to Pastor Nathan, um, I love this heart from our pastor, Pastor Nate Roosh. Every week we want to give an opportunity for those that have walked away from faith or those that might be new to faith. We want to give an opportunity for you to respond to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to make this commitment. I might have strayed away, but Jesus, I'm back. I want to follow you. I want to, I want to, the things that you have for me, you're good. I want your good. I want what's best. I want your best for me. And if you would, just out of respect for those that might be a little bit more nervous, make a decision. We're going to have everybody close their eyes and bow their heads. You too, online. And if that's you today, you're saying, Pastor, I'm, I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to make that commitment to follow Jesus. If you would be so brave on the count of three, just to raise your hand. One, two, three. Jesus. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Church, we're going to pray this prayer together. And for those of you that raise your hand, we pray together so you know you're not alone. That you got people that are praying this with you. Say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the son of God who came to die for my sins. And you rose again. And you are alive. Jesus, make me new. Make me like you. I'm not going back. I'm moving forward with what you have for me. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, let's give it up for those that just made that decision here today. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.